It's episode 73 of Offscript with Trish Close, intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people in front of my mic today. It's a mouthful. Carolina Vyshinska Lavanino. Did I get that right? You got it. You are the director of sales and marketing for the Newman Hotel Group. So not only do you have probably the longest name of all the people I've interviewed, but you also have maybe the longest title, your working title. <laughs> First is... of all, thank you for inviting me and making me laugh right away. Oh, yay. <laughs> good, good. We're going to laugh a lot, I have a feeling. So uh, Vyshinska is your maiden name. Yes. And we just talked about it. You couldn't marry, you know, a, a Brown or a Smith. You had to marry a Lavanino, <laughs> which is Italian. Yes. Okay. My, my husband's family came from Genoa, Italy, nice. two generations ago. Yep. Awesome. And Vyshinska is Polish. Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's get right into it. Where are you from originally? I'm from Bydgoszcz, Poland. Okay. I lived in Poland for 23 years. And in graduate program, I came to America. Nice. And say the town again. Bydgoszcz. How how do you spell that? Mm -hmm. Mm B-Y-S-Z-C-Z-Y. So we just talked about my maiden name is Baruki, Mm -hmm. um, which is Polish. I have some Polish on my dad's side of the family. Um, But you said if... When they came over, it was probably Borutski. Borutski. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in Poland, there's the male and female last names. Much like if you are a foreign language kind of person, lots of words have, it's they end with an A, it means, you know. Female. Female. If it mm-hmm. ends with a, an E in Spanish, it means male. The same with Poland. Yeah. Uh, okay. So myself and my mom are, our last name is Wyszyńska. My dad, my brother is Wyszyński. So that's the differentiation between female and male. So even in the same household, you have different last names. It's really the same. It's just to, to right away, if you don't see the person, you know that you're talking about a female or gotcha. male. Gotcha. It obviously makes sense in this language because it's like a no-brainer. It's just, that's how it is. You know, many times I have to say I have a hard time if someone is emailing me and it's a signature, Chris Smith. I don't know if it's female or male. True. So that's true. that really helps. Yeah. Well, especially with all of the names, they're very gender neutral right now. And so, yeah, you have to be careful (laughs) with that before you start calling people he, she. So in Poland, you you lived there for 23 years. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this town you grew up in. What's it like? Industrial city, half a million people. I I lived there during communism and then during transition. So definitely Mm -hmm. different than beautiful southern Oregon. Yeah. Uh, Lots of history. it was my life. It was my um, upbringing, so I didn't seem to miss anything. I, I had a great um, group of friends, wonderful family, and adventures, mm-hmm. just like anyone growing up in other countries. But um, uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting journey. Now that I look at it yeah. from the perspective of years living in, in the states, a bustling city. I mean, you said industrial. <clears throat> so, what kind of industry? Um, really, from. Um, uh, electronics to is it just just nothing interesting it's not a beautiful historic city it's just just different industries like i could go on and on with a list of different companies that are there gotcha did you grow up with siblings yeah yeah how many one younger brother a young pain in the mm. oh yeah i think they have to be how many years apart are you guys five and a half five and a half years did you like him when he was little teeny tiny yeah yes and then, and then no <laughs> so you didn't get along um it was uh, for some time just kind of get out from my room and leave me alone of course of course you get along now though 
We do. Yeah, he is a wonderful father of two kids and, mm-hmm. and a very um, smart guy. But, he, you know, we have our ups and downs. Of course. Where is he? He's back in Poland after living in the Netherlands for some time. Wow. Yeah, he's a, a guy working for a space industry. I mean, helicopters before it was Airbus. So, yeah. Wow. Pretty. Look at him. And what did your parents do growing up? My mom was an art teacher. In an elementary school, and dad is a denturist. He's still working. He's a dentist? Denturist, so dentures. Oh, makes dentures. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, He's still doing that? Yep, at 70, still working. Wow, that's so awesome. We were talking yesterday about, you know, just here, and my husband's talking about retirement all the time, and when people decide that they're just done, and some people just like, they like to work. Uh, That's my dad. Yeah. I just cannot imagine him waking up and being like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. Some people need that. Yeah. I think some people too. I kind of think about that too, wondering when I retire, I'll just get, I, I'll have to find something else. I'll be bored. Yeah. And, and he has tons of hobbies. He loves travel. He loves photography. He's in front of his computer after work and very creative, curious guy. Mm-hmm. But he has to get out from the house and do things. And then okay. so that just keeps him going. For sure. And mom is an art teacher. Has, is she done? Has she retired? She's done. <laughs> she, she's been done at 50-something. Like, I have no problem <laughs> retiring. Um, art teacher at an elementary school. So she is very artistic then. Very artistic. Very creative. Um, always uh, growing up, people knew that my mom is that colorful lady mm-hmm. with either red hair or uh, blonde hair and lots of jewelry. So it was kind wow. of funny. Everyone knew Isabella Wyszyńska. Awesome. Um, talking with some people, Americans, who've traveled to Poland, and I always I always do a hair flip when they say this. They say, Poland has some of the most beautiful women on the planet. I've heard that from multiple people. Well, I had to escape Poland <laughs> because there's too much competition. Yeah, stop it. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful women in Poland. I would say so. Beautiful people. I've mm-hmm. also heard some of the friendly, most friendliest people. Uh, I'm biased, but yes, yeah. wonderful people, yeah. very friendly. I, um, I'm i always so proud when, when people come visit, uh, whether they come to visit me and my family mm-hmm. or uh, just tell me that they went on a trip and they just had an amazing time. Awesome. My grandma Baruki used to make, it was it's a very much an American version of it, but she used to make me goulash. Because mm-hmm. when I moved away from South Carolina at a young age, I'd go back and she'd always have a pot of goulash on the stove for me. Such a comfort food, yeah. So comforting. Um, And I'm fascinated by Polish food specifically. Was there anything in your house that was very traditional that you guys ate all the time? Or is there something that you even crave now as an adult? You know, my grandma's from my dad's side, um, meatballs. Just saying it, I'm like salivating here. Um, Polish cuisine is heavy. And so when I came to the West Coast, I discovered much lighter much healthier cuisine. So yes, I do make the comfort food at home, like the cabbage rolls and sometimes pierogi. Um, Even last night I made crepes just with a a little bit of a healthier twist. The things that I am familiar with, but uh, it's not my usual. Right. So yes, I go home and that slice of regular Polish bread Mm. and and the sausages. That's what I miss from time to time. But whenever I visit, I... OD on that. So. Yeah, I bet. Was your mom the cook in the family? Yeah. Okay. My dad is never in the kitchen. <laughs> not allowed in the kitchen or just not in the kitchen? Just both. <laughs> and was she a good cook? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so your grandma, was she Oma for you? No, Babcia. 
Okay. My mine was Oma. We oh, yeah, Oma. that's German. Yeah, it's like they're half German, half mm-hmm. Polish. Yeah, so it was Oma and Opa. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember my... He may have died when I was little, but Oma, I remember. I remember her for sure. You know, Poland had so much going on in the history. There was overlap with Russia, with Germans. Yeah. So, so all those families, especially those who had to escape, for sure. most likely they were closer to the border and the, the mix of um, different cultures, different languages was all over there. So, Is yeah. there a popular beverage in Poland, like alcoholic beverage? Vodka. We, vodka, I was going to ask, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wine drinkers at all? Nowadays, yeah, we are in the European Union, much more civilized. Totally. It's not isolated country anymore, so yeah. way more sophisticated. So wine, beer, and, and all the alcoholic beverages you can imagine and, and drink here, mm-hmm. for sure. But vodka, for sure. But vodka is the, the drink of the masses. I should have done my research on this. I think there's a liqueur called St. Germain, and mm-hmm. it's the plant that's used to make it i believe is harvested in poland oh, and they do it they harvest it on bicycles like they take bicycles okay up. now i'm gonna do some research okay, maybe, interesting i could have completely made that up fabricated the entire story we're gonna look it up after okay but i'm almost positive it's made somewhere else but the the plant the elderflower huh. it's the elderflower it's an elderflower liqueur okay yes no I've, I've never had heard that story Anyone who's listening right now who knows maybe this story are probably like, she's she's crazy. It's not it has nothing to do with Poland. You're just saying that because Catalina is in front of you. We'll look it up after sure. the podcast. Maybe make a note. Um, so you said you traveled to the States when you were 23. Mm-hmm. For, it was a grad program. Well, I was in the grad program in Poland at okay. the Nicolas Copernicus University, and I got the scholarship for an undergrad program one year here, just an immersion. Okay. So I did one year. I fell in love with Ashland. How fortunate, you know, out of, I, I had no idea about Oregon. So wait, your first time in the States, you go to Ashland, Oregon? No, first time in the States was in California a year before. I spent okay. two months with my aunt in California. Gotcha. But I really never heard of Oregon. You know, there are certain states. I think, you just... any, I think most people have never heard of Oregon. Where is Oregon? Well, I'm on a mission to change that. Okay, nice. You are. Um, but yeah, I came to the States with the plan to be here for 10 months. And mm-hmm. 10 months later, I left. I finished my grad program there. And I made sure that I come back and continue school here. What were you studying in Poland? Cognitive linguistics of English. Oh, look at mm-hmm. you. So you wanted to teach English? What do you want to do with that? The good question. That's uh-huh. why I'm not doing it. <laughs> I just really enjoy linguistics, and uh-huh. I had no idea what I would do with it. Okay. How many, did you grow up learning English? Yeah, uh, my dad is into languages. He speaks English. Um, he was pushing that, definitely learn English. And uh-huh. during communism, it's something that people really did not dive into. We were yeah. forced to learn Russian in elementary school. I had German in high school and then a little bit of English. Um, in college, I had, finally, when I went into um, the program, English program, I had also French, but English was always, I had some private lessons just to yeah. make sure that I'm learning the language. Do you speak Russian? I had five years of Russian in elementary school and I can uh, understand a lot. Yeah. And I just don't use it. Yeah. It's been 30 plus years. Don't right. ask me how old I am. <laughs> nope, not gonna. Um, and then obviously you can, you're fluent in Polish. Yep. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> you better be. Yes, I am. Um, I'm fascinated and jealous of people who can speak multiple languages. I've said this before in this podcast. I minored in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I took nine years of it. And if I really tried, I think if I went 
to Spain and lived there for a while, I could probably easily get it. I'm sure you would, that immersion is needed. Mm -hmm. But it's just, I just am so jealous of people who are bilingual or trilingual. It just fascinates me. It's wonderful. It's such a great gift, and I'm trying to pass it on to my daughter. Right. She's three, and from the very beginning, I would sing lullabies and just talk to her in Polish, mm -hmm. but it's hard. As soon as she went to daycare, of course, she's immersed in English. Yeah. I speak with my husband in English, and yeah. so it's it's a challenging process, but I'm, I'm still trying. Well, now's the time yeah. for her to learn. I mean, they are like little sponges. For sure, and then she surprises me sometimes singing something in Polish, and when we went home, I could see her speaking just basic words even to her cousins, so it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's happening. That's awesome. What's her name? Mia. Mia. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Mia um, was the name of my one of my favorite doggies on the planet. Aww. So Mia, the name you, Mia will always to. hold a special place in my heart. Although we did get the name Mia from the movie Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. Okay, so yes. that may change a few things. Sure. But still, Mia is a great name. Yeah, She's I, a cutie pie, too. I've seen pictures. Oh, yeah. A good kiddo. Did she have fun when you guys recent on your recent trip? Oh yeah, she loves travel. We we just drag her everywhere. That's you know, amazing. we're all the time moving around, whether it's for my races or mm -hmm. uh, traveling all over. So she okay. she is a good one. So let's get back to you were studying linguistics, um, mm -hmm. and then you decided to come here. Did you want to live in the states, or did you want to just work here? What was the motivation at the time? You know, when you are in. Um, done with college, mm -hmm. no matter what country you're in, you're kind of on the crossroads. You just really don't know. Sure. Um, definitely it wasn't my drive like, oh, I'm going to get a job there. No, I wanted to continue. That's why I came back to Southern Oregon University to to learn more, to, to get um, some knowledge with business. And I I studied English and business here just to expand my knowledge. Sure. And, and it happened to be that after submitting some resumes in Seattle and Portland, I was not successful. There was an opening at the front desk at Ashland Springs Hotel. And I'm like, okay, for summer. Stop it, really? Yeah. For summer, I'm going to work at the front desk at Ashland Springs. Oh, my God. That, there's your future right there. Did you? That's crazy to me. I didn't realize you started at Ashland Springs Hotel. Mm -hmm. So you, you studied at SOU, but you said you had to go back? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, I went back to write my... Um, a graduate program dissertation so mm -hmm. I was gone for 10 11 months and and then went back to to the program at SOU to Ashland so mm -hmm. um did you miss it when you went back to Poland did you miss you know I was so busy preparing mm -hmm. my paper um uh, that it was just wake up have some coffee go to college sit in the library all day come back um it, it was pretty crazy because yeah. I left in September 9-11 happened 10 days after I left. No way. And in January, I was defending my thesis. So I had a couple of months only to really work hard. So it was like, yeah, I'm going back. That was the plan. And mm -hmm. I just... Okay. So when did you come back then? It was 2002. Okay. And I went back to SOU and studied for, I want to say, two, three more years. Then I was really... A sluggish finishing my um, graduate program hmm. um, paper. How, like, why, took, why? I just, I just, I don't know. I, I was already working, and it's so hard to to, to finish things when when you're immersed in your adult mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Finally finished, graduated. Um, 
with Masters in Management from SOU. Okay. And kept going at Ashland Springs. And I've been with Ashland Springs in September 19 years, 17 years. Wow. 17 years. It's unbelievable. That's, um, we're kind of on the same, not same path work-wise, but same path as far as our lives go. I moved here in 2002. Uh-huh. So I've been with KTBL for 17, wow. like almost 17 and a half years. So the same thing. And it's just unbelievable, right? It is. And you think, you know, obviously when I got the job here, I thought I'm not going to be here for just two, I was two years. I'll, you know, move up to Portland yeah. after that or some other big city and continue yeah. on. And, you know, life happens mm-hmm. and you just end up doing different things. And honestly, I feel because I had the same thoughts. Yeah. One, two years. Yeah. Even when I put my resume for the front desk, oh, just summer, summer job. And then mm-hmm. I'm moving to a big city. Mm-hmm. But then you discover how much you can achieve in a smaller market and how much a you... A thousand percent. You're unnoticed in a big city. And here you have a push. You can mm-hmm. make a difference. So You can. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. That gave me goosebumps. There were people, you know, my mom, for instance, said, why do you need to go to a bigger market to prove that you can do it? Mm-hmm. You know you can do it. You know I you would be it. willing to do it. What a beautiful advice. Yeah. So... I mean, if you need to go do that for yourself, go. Mm -hmm. But don't go because you need to prove that you could actually do the job because you know you can do the job. There was an editor who worked here at the same time I'm mulling over all these life decisions. Mm -hmm. And he worked in L.A., in the Mm -hmm. L.A. TV market. And he said to me, "Um, I wouldn't go if I were you. I I wouldn't move out of this area. You can make more of an impact in Southern Oregon working here and you can make more of a difference and actually do stories that change people's lives. 100%. And I just said, both of those pieces of advice came at me at the same time and I just said, I'm staying. I'm going to try. I will do my best, right? I'm going to stay here. Did you find, how long did you work at the front desk? Eight months. Did you find that you got to a point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, but this job over here... I want to do that. Oh, yeah. I went to the GM of the hotel <clears throat> way before those eight months, probably five, six months into and said, whenever something opens up in sales catering, I would love to be there. I would love to have a bigger impact <clears throat> and learn. Yeah. What so, did you yeah. want to do? Did you know? I, I wanted to learn. I didn't know anything about sales and, and okay. catering and marketing. Nothing. Uh-huh. Nothing. So, so everything that I've learned really was on the job. I remember seeing your name on press releases you know, for the chocolate festival uh-huh. and stuff like that. And, or I'd call you and, you know, cause you, you worked with the media quite a bit. Yeah. Did you find with marketing, as you learned more, it became your niche. It became something that you were just like, this is what I was born to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if anyone wants to hear me say, yeah, this is what I was born to do. No, I would like to stay a little bit more humble, but as I'm continuing to be surrounded by pretty amazing people I'm learning on daily basis and so I'm discovering that um, okay I got it like I'm understanding more the bigger picture and how impactful our company is on the region and Uh how together with partners we can do more and so with the media influence I mean every day that there is something that I'm learning that that helps me be Uh, better at my job so important yeah you have to keep learning and growing otherwise you get complacent and bored uh, that's the thing. The bore, boredom would mm-hmm. just kill me. I am so fa- thankful that I have the position that I have and that the company decided to grow. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, you worked or work, I guess, with Gina Duquesne. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
how much do we love Gina? Oh, Gina is just like my sister from a from, from another Mister. Yeah, <laughs> she was on this podcast. Oh, she actually planned my wedding for me. No way. Of course she did. Of course. She has done some platinum weddings in California. This woman has a history. She has gone to Woodstock. (laughs) She's amazing. Yeah. Her story is amazing too. And if anyone's listening out there, I don't know what episode it is, but I interviewed Gina Duquesne um, and she works with you guys, Newman Hotel Group, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, I'm trying to look it up. This is my, my Bible of podcasts. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Look up Gina Duquesne. Listen to that podcast because her story, how she started, is truly amazing. She's a good gal. Um, just beyond amazing. We're very On lucky so many levels, her. yes. Yeah. So let's talk about Newman Hotel Group. Ashland mm-hmm. Springs Hotel is part of Newman Hotel Group. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they the Newman Hotel Group is actually has been Four growing. hotels, yeah. And this is only, what, over the last decade? Not even. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. just... We added Lithia Springs in 2012, um, the same year or a year before Ashland Hill. So yeah, it's just, what, seven, mm-hmm. eight years maybe. And it's not just growth. adding hotels. I mean, it's they're going in and completely renovating, changing the look, changing the brand, everything. Did, how Did you play a role in the brand and as far as marketing goes? There's always uh, advice that that um, Doug and Becky Newman with the executive team look for. So Mm -hmm. I am part of it, of course. But really, it's Becky Newman, her vision. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And she basically feels the space and she's like, I'm going to go this route. So for Ashton Hill, she went with this retro 70s um, feel with Lithia Springs. It's that oasis. And you feel like you're a little bit in the palm springs but at mm-hmm. the same time it's the seclusion oasis and so every single property is so different and yeah it's it's fun it's it's so easy to promote and sell product that you believe in yeah not just southern oregon but also the hotels that 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 people get to stay at the hotels within newman hotel group are what list those so ashland springs hotel right. the grand dame the hotel that is gonna celebrate 95 years next year is that is it considered historic? Uh-huh. Yes, it's on the list of historic places. It's a stunning, it's, stunning facility. It's kind of mind-blowing if you think about it, that uh-huh. in a small town of Ashland, uh-huh. someone decided to invest money and build this property in 1925. In 1925? Yeah. So... Because yeah. that, I mean... It was considered probably maybe a high rise. In it 19- was a tallest building between San Francisco and Portland until, until the <gasps> 1960s. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. The plans were to build six-story building, uh-huh. but then the investors found out, like, they asked the question, what would make it the tallest building? And they found out if you go with nine, you're going to get it. So they said, let's go. Go big or go mm-hmm. home. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so Ashland Springs is the first hotel. Then the mentioned uh, beautiful Mineral Springs, Lithia Springs Resort. Yep. Then Inn at the Commons, downtown Medford. Yep. And then Ashland Hills Hotel and Suites with the big convention center. And we also own Noonan Estate in Jacksonville. Yes. And the plans are to build around that property and it's going back and forth, but it's going to happen. It's going to be perfect property for Jacksonville, Brit, wine country, for anyone here to escape. And that's uh, Noonan Estate is that big old house as you're leaving Jacksonville mm-hmm. sort of on the back end. Mm-hmm. And there's a restaurant on site. Mm-hmm. So we are just renting space. It's not ours. And Not I, yet? We don't know if we want to okay. have a restaurant in Jacksonville. Okay. 
it's it's tricky, you know, in this yeah. industry uh, with restaurants with seasonality. We have Lark's restaurant downtown Ashland. We have mm-hmm. Lark's in Medford, and we have Luna at Ashland Hills, right. and they are doing great. But do we want to add one more? Sure. We'll see. We'll see. Never say never. But um, but you are taking over sort of the hotel side of Noonan Estate. Yes. So the historic building is staying. There is the carriage house behind. There will be suites. Yep. yep. And then the plans, architectural plans are to add 30-something units, suites and studios that will be on Fun. perimeter of the property. It will be beautiful. It will be such a fun destination. And that that home on the property has so much history. Yeah. So much history. Mm-hmm. Some say it's haunted. Let it be. I mean, that's a draw for a lot of people. A lot of people. I mean, I I personally, I don't know if I would stay there. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe if I had my husband next to me mm-hmm. the entire time. But no. Um, it's just a beautiful property. And there's it's just so beautiful. such an amazing story behind it. And if we can resurrect and add to it, yeah. elevate it, yeah. and, and share it with people, mm-hmm. perfect. And I love the fact that Newman Hotel Group comes in and not only takes takes these hotels, but really, as you said, completely refurbishes them and puts it on a completely different level. What I am proud about with the, our company is that, if you think about it, Ashland Hills, former Windmillen, yeah. was kind of dead it was for over five years right there was nothing empty building and just one wing was used as they they did sell rooms there but it was kind of strange uh in the commons red lion was for sale for three or four years in right. downtown medford right lithia springs was a property that was i stayed there before we took over and it was this Italian vineyard kind of mm-hmm. mom and pop, the burgundy and dark green colors, just just strange, yeah. And so reimagining mm-hmm. and giving to people something that is so yeah. unique and special. It's They're all fresher. They mm-hmm. all have just this very fresh, alive feeling about them. And they wouldn't be as amazing if it wasn't for the team also. Really tons of time is, time is spent to find the right people mm-hmm. and to... Just, just glue them together so they know what the, they are doing, yeah. taking care of guests. Um, you and I sit on the marketing team for Oregon Wine Experience, uh-huh. and you have this passion slash vision to really put Southern Oregon, not just Ashland, but Southern Oregon on the map. You want to make this a destination for people. I'm shocked that it's still not such mm-hmm. a discovered destination, Me honestly. Because I travel a lot, and... It's such a wonderful always time when I come back and I see where we live. No. Four seasons. Wine within 20 minutes, five minutes, ready from Ashland. I know. Walkable downtowns. So many great artisans. Festivals. We have it all. We and do. And not traffic and not being stuck for, you know, an hour after work to get home. So much. Mm-hmm. And so people come here on vacation. We get to live here. But I feel that um, there is potential for the for people who are into the outdoors and active adventure to to discover this place because it's gonna have an economic impact on Mm -hmm. all of us and so yes i absolutely am passionate about educating people about southern oregon and i want people to come here and spend their money and then go home absolutely i don't want them to move here i just want them to visit for three five days (laughs) awesome what's the plan (laughs) in getting people here what do you think what do you think it'll take to increase tourism here there's a big push for that right now. Yeah, yeah. Travel Medford, travel Oregon. Travel, travel Southern Oregon, travel right. Ashland, yes. Yeah, I mean, there's a big push to get people to come here and spend their money. 
you know, for tons of years, especially Ashland was considered a grandma, grandpa destination yep. for theater. Yes. And so we have come to a spot in the history when we have to rethink it and we cannot put eggs in one basket and be like, okay, it's just a theater and older people because these people are going to die out. Yeah. And theater is not going to be the only attraction here. Mm -hmm. So with PR efforts, you know, tons of PR efforts, sending story ideas all the time, meeting with media, with marketing, creating awesome packages with our partners, whether it's Mount Ashland or Irvine and Roberts. Yeah. I mean, I can go with tons of different lists, creating destination events. The, the creation of Oregon Chocolate Festival was one of the reasons mm -hmm. <clears throat> March was dead. How do you get people here in March? February is Valentine's. April is already nicer weather. Summer was no problem. Nowadays, it's with a little bit of smoke and fires. But March was like, okay, let's create a festival that will bring people. So nonstop nice. coming up with ways to, to, to get people here. Well, and the chocolate festival, was that your idea? Mm -hmm. Was it really? Mm -hmm. uh, was that in an effort to get people here during a slow time? That was... I never... I had no idea about culinary tourism, honestly. Okay. I just kind of thought, okay, what can we do uh -huh. to get people to Ashland Springs Hotel? Because at the time we had just one hotel during March. And we started with 400-something people attending, 14 vendors. Lily Bell was there selling some Easter bunnies and, and gems, you know. Mm -hmm. And year over year, we just grew bigger, added some specialty events like Chocolate Maker's Dinner. Yeah. We had to move it to Ashland Hills because Ashland Springs was too small. Now we sell out Ashland Hills. Festival has thousands of people attending, judges from all over. We That's had to, awesome. in the beginning it was chocolatiers only from Oregon. Uh -huh. Now it's the entire West Coast. So it's just fun to see that, that things yeah. can grow. Yeah. So. Um, and that has not, do you see it growing more? Yeah, of course, we will have to cap at some point because our grand ballroom will not be able to yeah. to have more people. But we can expand it with events on the shoulder of Thursday, Friday, and right. Sunday. Yeah. This may be a stupid question, but why chocolate? <laughs> like I said, like I said, I preface, it may uh, be a stupid question. Whatever age you are. Although, when I started this, I didn't like chocolate. Seriously. People know it about me. When I got pregnant, I started enjoying chocolate. I did not like chocolate. Really? Now, just give me as much as you can of dark chocolate. <laughs> well, we have some good chocolate here mm -hmm. locally. Yeah, like, we're extremely fortunate. We have Dagoba and Lilybell Farms and Branson's just, just right, right here in the valley. And then when you look at Oregon, mm -hmm. it's, it's mind-blowing how right. many amazing chocolatiers there are. That's why I always tell people when I when I'm trying to sell the state, uh, you know, I'm just like we could if Oregon broke off from the rest of the country, if we were just floating out there in the Pacific somewhere, we would be just fine. Yeah, we're mecca when it comes to producing things right. from fruits to to vegetables to everything. We we it's got... clear we can grow yeah. anything here. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Thank yeah. you. The water's fantastic. We have all of these artisan. Producers, from beer yeah. to chocolate to, I mean, wine. Yeah. It's you just, just go to farmer's market. It's unreal. It's like yeah. we our Rock Valley um, mm -hmm. farmer's market just got on the list of 10 top farmer's markets in the country, I USA know. Today. Unreal. Right? Yeah. I know. And that's why I'm just like, shh, 
don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Don't just, tell too many don't people. Don't tell too many people. Or just come visit, like we said, spend your money and then go back home. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chocolate Festival, obviously successful. That comes up in March. March. Um, and that is at the Ashland Hills Hotel now. Yes. Because it's so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ashland Culinary Festival is mm-hmm. coming up in November. Um, we've KTVL typically has played a big role in that. We do West Coast Flavors mm-hmm. for them and... Um, I've had the hard job of judging the mixology competition in years past. I know. It's a fun, boozy, judgy night. And that's a big one, too. That one keeps growing every year. I'm so excited because November is another month when you're just struggling to... You're you're done with the Oregon Shakespeare Festival season at the end of October, and it's like, ooh. And uh, Travel Ashland has done such a a fantastic job with with building this, this destination festival. Kelsey, Catherine, just just amazing, really. Kelsey, I just don't know where she gets all that energy from sometimes. And the food is amazing. Yeah, and, and the chefs. I know. It's that really, are here. Yeah, they are local. Yeah. Right now, the former winners, one is at Luna, our executive chef, David Georgeson. Nice. Billy Boucher is at Lark's Medford. That's right. Former winner. And uh, Frank Consoli, uh-huh. third winner, is at Lark's Ashland. Okay, hair flip, Newman Hotel Group. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, Billy actually was the chef. I did a ultimate vintner dinner with an Oregon wine experience uh-huh. the week of, and he was our chef. He is amazing. So talented. Very talented. And so humble. That's amazing. amazing. It worries me, though. I don't want them to go anywhere. Stay They're not here. going. No. They're not? No, we're okay. going to change them to radiators. Don't Good. worry. Good. You're not. Al- if you're listening, you're not allowed to go anywhere. You have to stay right here. What do you see for your future? Do you see yourself staying with Newman Hotel, Hotel Group for a while? If they want me, yes, I, I do. I do. <laughs> I think I am, they want you. I really, really appreciate all the opportunities that they have given me mm-hmm. over the years. Because really, you go and work for a hotel, there's so much, so many people that can replace you easily, and there's so much competition. You can, yeah. And for many companies, they just hop you from one place to another, just like Marriott and Hilton's. And... And you don't feel that you have impact on the hotel team, on the community, Mm -hmm. on the region. And I truly feel that every single day, that whatever efforts sales or marketing, myself, my team put in, that there is a trickle effect that we can really impact um, this region. And right now, at that pivotal shift with the smoke coming during summers and OSF, um, struggling not for you know it's it's because of the smoke it's even more important for me that that we do our best to educate to bring people here they discover they are our uh, fans for life and and they come back year after year so yeah I, I hope that I get to stay with Newman Hotel yep. Group and that's how enjoy. you do it my general manager says you get you get viewers one at a time you get one viewer at a time and you get you get a fan one at a time. You know, that's just how it works. You have to put in the work. But Yeah, and here is sales and marketing, and the message can be whatever, but right. then they have an experience of checking in at the front desk or going to the restaurant, and it has to be 100%. amazing. Yes. Because we have one chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it comes down to something as stupid as the drink you order uh. in Luna Cafe, which... I ordered a Boulevardier one night, and it came with a big old ice cube. It was perfect. Oh, one of the best Boulevardiers I've ever yay, had. Yay, I love it. And that made an impact on me. Great. I looked to my husband, and I said, they have good drinks. We need to come back and, and grab dinner. we got to do it. Fabulous. So whoever was the bartender working that night, pat on your back. Nice job. That's great. Um, let's talk about your hubs. When did you meet him? 
I met Doug 10 years ago. Born in Ashland. Can you believe that? He was born in Ashland. Yeah. His family's from Italy, though. His um, dad's, dad's side is from Italy, and okay. his grandma was Russian. 100% Russian. Wow. Uh-huh. And he was born in Ashland? He was born in Ashland. How yeah. did you guys meet? Um, he was still a student at SOU and doing some part-time banquets work. And we met at Ashland Springs. You see everything about Ashland Springs. Scandalous. You Scandalous. met at Ashland, Ashland Springs? Mm-hmm. He was So he was a student, but he was doing banquet work. Yeah, just okay. as evening shifts, and I didn't pay much attention. Of course not, because <laughs> we never pay attention. They pay attention. Amen. We don't. So he asked you out, obviously? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, we went to a concert. It was some concert here in town, and uh-huh. the, rest the rest is history. history. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been together how long? Sorry, I want to say 10 years, yes, okay. because, um, yep, it is, 2009. Okay. <laughs> and then your kiddo, she's just what, like, she's, Three. A, she's a baby. She's a baby. She's just a baby. Awesome. Yeah, we we ate it a long time. And you guys, you said traveling, and mm-hmm. specific, I wrote down races. What does that mean? Are you a runner? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. Uh, you see, Ashland is that magical place where you discover yourself. Mm-hmm. To me, it's truly that... Um, Southern Oregon, if it wasn't for being here, I would never start running. Really? Mm-hmm. I somehow stumbled upon a running community, and they were humble, and they would say, oh, yeah, I just ran a 50K in the mountains. And I was like, you did what? And then I told myself, okay, at 30, I want to run a marathon. This is on my bucket list. And okay. I started training. It was so hard, so hard. And I was pretty athletic, but running was just not ever coming mm-hmm. easy. I have short legs. Uh, and, and I ran Portland um, Marathon 2008, and I was hooked. Really? But it was road race. So for some time, I was doing still road races from Miami Marathon to New York City, Boston, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then within this community, I wanted more, and I wanted to run on trails. And it just hmm. became such a, more of a huge part, part of my life. Yeah. And just running 50Ks, 50 milers, 100K, and... So what marathons have you run? Are you asking for uh, road marathons or ultras? Because marathon, ultra is everything beyond 26.2. Okay. So road marathons or trail marathons, you can call something a marathon if it's just to 26.2. Okay. And so I think I've done 12, 15 of the road marathons and everything beyond that is trails. So like Boston Marathon is a road marathon? Yep. Mm-hmm. And you ran that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland, mm-hmm. they have one. Yep. What are some? Los Angeles. Okay. So from Dodger Stadium to Santa Monica Pier. Wow. Which is awesome. It is so fun because in a couple of hours you see the city. Um, That's crazy. The Miami one was fun, but by far the best was New York City. You run through all the boroughs, and I ran right after they had Hurricane Sandy, so they had to cancel the, fa- uh, the marathon previous year. Yeah. And there was Boston shooting at the end of the marathon. Mm. So the whole community and cheering and the support was so amazing. I felt like I'm flying. I'm not running. I PR'd at that race. I felt like the people were carrying me. It was just amazing. That is amazing. Loved every aspect of it. And just to see the city, you start in Staten Island, you run through the bridge to Brooklyn, then to Queens, then to Bronx, and back to Manhattan, and you finish in Central Park. Just in three and a half hours, you get to see so much that people that live in New York City 
don't get to see for months or if, mm. or if not years. I've never thought about it that way. I think I always just think running for 26 miles, no thanks. But I never thought about you get to see, you get to see. the city. And think you can then build your plans and say, okay, I'm going to run Paris Marathon or London or let's go to Shanghai. You really get to see the world yeah. by just planning and, and running for whatever time. For some, it takes five hours. For some, you know, two. right crazy have you done those paris london Mm-mm. is that on your on your list you know as i get older the road running is harder sure and i don't i want to run for a long time so i'll continue a little bit longer distance but in the mountains and it still gets me so excited just to see beautiful destinations in the mountains i would think r- trail running would be much more difficult than the road races no uh well Yes and no. Is the impact so, softer? It, 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 yes. Depends, of course, what kind of trail. If you are in Hawaii, it's so technical. It's tons of rock, rocky terrain and, and yeah. routes, and it's much harder. And you can be flying and, and just um, you have to be very careful. And there are trail races that are flat. The profile can be ridiculous so that you're climbing forever. And so it, it varies depending mm-hmm. what part of the country or the world you are in. But I prefer them. They are challenging, but they are so rewarding. Just um, You're really connecting with people who used to live here. M- many times I have that feeling like, oh, my gosh, I am out here by Mount St. Helens or where the Native Americans were, yeah. and they would get to these ridges and look at stuff, and I get to do things like that. It's it's very special. It's I, I call trail running my church. <laughs> nice, nice. I call walking my dogs church. (laughs) But it's probably the same. You know, I've got my earbuds in and I'm listening to music. And that's where I really release all the junk. And I'm walking my two happy dogs. And it's it's literally the highlight of every day that I get to do that. I feel that if we can find that balance, we can be highly productive, highly... that the go, 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 go uh, every day. But if you don't have that outlet, it's really Mm. tough and, and... burnout is right right there so yeah. i i get it because even if i go for half an hour i never think of oh it's challenging i'm gonna run up that hill right it's like how i'm gonna feel afterwards and exactly. also best ideas come to me and i am so much into listening to podcasts and and listening to music just kind of disconnecting people mm-hmm. think that oh you're going out there you're listening to the bird song yeah sometimes and i'm not always with the um with uh, some music or um, some news, but just that experience of me connecting on a different level yeah. and, and, and finding new ideas. And and also, I have tons of running friends. Nice. So it solidifies such a beautiful friendship when you're going for two hours and you hear about everything that I was just going to ask, them. are you one of those obnoxious runners where you guys can talk the entire time while you run? Mm. How do you do that? I can't even do that walking up a hill. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to die. Yeah. You just developed that. Yeah, we I talk guess. a lot. We talk a lot. Mm-hmm. And that yes. probably makes it go by super fast. Absolutely. When you're gabbing. Oh, when I have the, some rough patch during the race, mm-hmm. I latch on the runner and we start talking. Really? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, I have to now get to know uh-huh. this person, what's going on, how they're doing. That's impressive to me. I mean, anyone who, like, you know, the singers and dancers, I used to be a dancer. And so you're just, you're so winded and I don't know how they can do a dance routine and then start singing after. 
Yeah. Um, just wasn't made for yeah. that, I guess. I mean, I'm sure, yeah. You, We're you, not J-Lo's. <laughs> not J-Lo. <laughs> I may have earrings like J-Lo, but I am not, I am not J-Lo for sure. Well, that's awesome. Do you have any races planned coming up? Tomorrow. No way, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm driving to um, Northern California by, by uh, Lake Siskiyou, and I will be running at 30K. Awesome. I was going to ask you, there's a ra- a famous race in San Francisco. Is it the Beta Break- Beta Breakers? Have you mm-hmm. heard of that one? I've heard about it, but... It's a it's crazy like, one. And it's like 12 miles and lots of naked people. Lots of naked people. They're all dressed up. They're usually yeah, drinking. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not your kind of race, but... <laughs> well, maybe one day. It, it just came to me. <laughs> I think it's called Beta Breakers, but yeah, there's been a lot of stories on that one. It's pretty it's funny. San Francisco. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Maybe someday you'll have to put it on your list. You could probably just crush everybody in that race. <laughs> I don't think that's the purpose. They want Not the purpose. No. no, you have to be as obnoxious as possible in that race, I think. Um, one question I was going to ask you, there is a, a very teeny tiny Polish community here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few mm-hmm. people. I know, yes. of, I know of two, Pol- besides you, I know of two Polish people. Agnieszka from Pascal. Pascal, yeah, good friend of mine. And then I don't remember her first name, but she owns Ulex... Bogusha. Bogusha, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually did a West Coast Flavors with her. Absolutely love her. Yeah. But there's, there's a tiny little community Tiny, here. tiny. I was really surprised. I was um, uh, pregnant and going to my doctor's and coming out of her office, I hear a mama speaking to the kiddo in Polish. I'm like, who are you? So I discovered another Polish mama that was pregnant at the same time as no me. Way. And then we met at Montessori, Mia and her son, Kuba. So it's just amazing that, you know, there are, they are hiding, but there are some Polish yeah. uh, families here, but, but tiny. When you go to Portland, uh, Chicago. More. Oh, more. it's yeah. like we're right. talking millions. Right. It's unbelievable. Right. But I think you, it's like Insta-friend. When I, when I meet someone on the West Coast who's from South Carolina, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Because it's your, that's your home. That's Absolutely. your hometown, your home place. And so, oh, there's so much that you can talk about. And mm-hmm. it turns out you might even have friends in common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I've known Agnieszka for a very long time. And she, well, she calls me her Polish cousin. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We don't know. I am so matter. happy that she came back because she went away for some time to Portland. She did. And, and it's serving we her. We needed her here. Mm-hmm. She's a, a beautiful person. Yeah. And her daughter, very close. Maya. Maya, right. Not Mia, but Maya, who's a, just a doll face. Yeah. So. And well, what happened? She's not the baby anymore. And whenever I see Maya, yeah. I'm like, what? I know. I know. She was. She's always been like this big mm-hmm. to me. And now she's like a teenager. Yeah. Almost. Anyways. Well, um, Agnieszka is definitely, will always hold a special place in my heart. But um we're lucky to have you here in Southern Oregon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for bringing it every day. I'm very fortunate. Don't that leave I have us. <laughs> no plans. Okay, good. We're going to wrap up and get to the final three. I prepped you on these, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Whew. Sometimes I don't. I forget. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? It was my dad. Mm-hmm. And he just said, just stay curious. Keep looking for things. I love that. I say that after every best advice. I call myself obnoxiously curious. That's why I'm so good at my job. I'm obnoxiously curious. That's good. When did he say that to you? Do you remember? I was still in elementary school. Oh, and you've remembered mm-hmm. that? That's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. awesome. I wrote it on a piece of paper and I pinned it to my to my wall. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Stay curious. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Nice job. What's your dad's name? Roman. I love it. Roman? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
you, it's the accent it throws me off. That's that's brilliant. What advice. accent? <laughs> you have to have one. Um, if you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, what would bring you back here? What would you miss the most? Um, I thought about it because there's so many pieces, but honestly, the running community. Many of my friends left. One lives in Boulder, other in Southern California, and they missed that group, tight group of 20-something mm -hmm. running girlfriends. Mm -hmm. We meet for meals together, we travel together, we go to concerts, and we run, and I would miss it very much. These are beautiful souls that, that have enriched my life. It's your tribe. Yeah, it really is. I call it like your, it's your backup, it's mm -hmm. your corner. Mm -hmm. it's I, you know, most of us have children, mm -hmm. similar age between like one and seven. And it's just, we've grown together and gone yeah. through good and bad and ugly, so. Yeah, you need that. I think everybody needs a corner, a tribe in their mm -hmm. life, whether and it's, it's that village, or, yeah. even though we are in a bigger region, that it's my village. Exactly, mm -hmm. it takes a village, Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, if you were given a final meal and a final drink, what would that look like? Okay, that's... 19 minutes to oh, update. This is our... 19 minutes. It happens sometimes. We still have newscasts to put on oh, here. Yeah. We have to remind the anchors it's time to go down on the set. 15 minutes until update or newscast or something. So I would have pork tacos, my husband's pork tacos. <laughs> pork tacos. I told him so many times, open a food truck. It's amazing. They, they are just divine. What's amazing about is it shredded pork? Oh, he he uses crock pot to make that pork and it's, you know, 10 hours in that crock pot and it just falls apart and then just fresh ingredients on top and it's just mm. Mm, so good. I Cor can have corn it tortillas? Um, no, flour tortillas. Flour tortillas. Mm -hmm. Okay, so soft. Red cabbage, onion, avocado, cilantro, a little bit of charred corn. Oh yeah, girl. Oh man, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. And he obviously he Puts it in the crock pot with some other stuff. Yeah. Okay. So like good seasonings. Yeah. I will not uh, reveal the recipe because wow. maybe he will open the food truck one day, right? Classified. <laughs> no. Yeah. Put get it. Get on that. Yeah. What's your hubby's name? Doug. Doug, do it. I know. I love. I'm a. He could do. He could have a street taco food truck. Just pop yeah. up three everywhere. months a year. Easy peasy, Doug. People do will it. be lining up. Lining up for those pork tacos. And your beverage of choice? Uh, red wine. Red wine. Mm -hmm. Give me some good glass of Tempranillo and I'm mm. happy after work. Same here. I love yeah. that. You've been fun. Thank you. I, you I, said, I, when you said let's talk, I'm like, okay, if you find something interesting. I think you're fascinating. Oh, thank you. And I'm just glad you're here. I, I, know, I know your passion for this place. And I think we're, everybody should feel a little lucky we have you out there fighting for tourism. Oh, for Southern Oregon. There's many people doing it here. There uh, are. It's, it's pretty awesome. It is nice. We're on a big team. A big mission, too, mm -hmm. to put this place on the map. I like it. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Google Play and Stitcher. Check out the video portion at ktbl.com. Just go to Features and then Off Script. One more time. Let me see if I can do it. Carolina Vyshinska Lavinino. Ooh, perfect. Ah. I'm awesome at that. No, I'm just kidding. Not awesome. Thank you for being here again. Thank and you so much for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. Let's keep in touch. Thanks. Okay.